before we begin, remember we are not medical professionals or lawyers or the like. We just like to tell people what they should do in their life. Also, we're drinking a lot. So take everything we say with a grain of salt and a lime wedge and a shot of tequila. Happy December, friends. Jennifer and I decided to take a short sabbatical for the month for the holiday season, but we didn't want to leave you alone. We didn't want you to miss us. We didn't want you to not get your fill of advice. So we decided that what we're going to do instead of having two new episodes for December is we're going to have our first annual special of picking our favorite questions we've ever answered. So this episode is my top three favorite-ish. Like, these are the ones that, like, stick out when I think back. But I guess at the time, there might have been ones that I was like, hell yeah, this one is great. Um, But these are three of my very favorite questions we have ever answered. So enjoy have a great holiday season. If you celebrate anything, if not, then have a great December. Hopefully you like the weather where you are. Okay, I don't know what else to say, but here are my favorite questions ever. Coming back. Okay, okay, here we go. You did it. Just my, I don't have a thing you did it. You did it. I opened up a second bottle of wine. I know, I heard you pouring it. <laughs> Keep that, keep that sound bite for <laughs> Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? This is one of the most ridiculous questions I've ever seen. I love it so much. I love this question. It's so absurd. Okay. Ready? Read it. Read it. Okay. Me? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's start this out real slow. <laughs> you can't laugh in the middle of this. All right. I'm sorry. I won't. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Let's start this out real slow. My <laughs> wife and I... Oh, you almost did it. My wife and I have an open relationship, and I don't ask her about all of our partners. At the end of the day, we have each other. Due to the unorthodox nature, we keep our lifestyles private. Don't discuss it outside of a couple of close friends and partners and other partners who are active with us. About a month or so ago, my wife's sister actually came on to me one day out of nowhere. We had sex. We continued this a couple of times a week. My wife was recently out of town and I spent the weekend with her sister. It was during this weekend I noticed a kind of change. She was cooking for us, cleaning the house, almost as if plain housewife. Started calling me honey. I I think she's developed feelings. Those feelings are not mutual at all she is not she is kind and friendly i don't want to hurt her feelings um unnecessarily i'm not quite sure how to broach the subject uh what can i say to her to perhaps let her down gently if she has indeed developed feelings for me my wife doesn't know about this i know she'd be a bit upset but not to the point of fighting or arguing about it i haven't decided yet i'm going to tell her signed not wanting sister wives oh my god so i've read this question multiple times and literally you reading it to out loud right then made me have this moment of like 
does the sister know that they have an open relationship? Or is she just trying to be, like, all with her sister's husband without knowing that this is how their relationship is? That would be a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, I hope she at least yeah, knows. Yeah, like he said it's not know. open. Yeah. But he didn't mention telling their, any of their family or that the sister knows that they have an open relationship. So maybe she just thinks that she's sleeping with her sister's husband and it's all okay. But it's yeah. not. But maybe there's she thinks something. she's like, maybe like maybe there's like a weird sibling rivalry or something and she's just trying to bang her sister's husband and doesn't know that this is something that they're maybe open to. Oh, yeah, there could be some uh, sort of, Oh, like, wait. Okay. Um, remember my ex-boyfriend that I dated forever? Yeah. After we broke up, one of a mutual friend of his and mine and my sister's apparently went to my sister and said to her, I think you two would be a really good couple. You should try to date him now. Ugh. Isn't that gross? Yeah. What well, is wrong? Well, he wasn't the best person either. Like, no offense at the time. I'm sure you loved him, but he was kind of annoying. Yeah. <sighs> He cried a lot. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Men are allowed to cry. <laughs> look, look, I'm not saying that the very first time he cried, I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. He's so sensitive. He's not afraid of that. Jennifer, he fucking cried at the end of King Kong the movie with Jack Black. <laughs> he cried when they killed King Kong and looked at me and said, if I ever lost you, I don't know what I would do. And I was like, that's really fucking weird, dude. <laughs> He cried a lot. Oh, men are. He was a very sweet person. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But there comes a point where people crying is just too much, no matter who they are. (laughs) I say that as someone that cries at commercials. Okay, but like, oh, there's also uh, a really great Nora Ephron book about, (laughs) or not book, but like a bit in one of in her book Heartburn about crying men that is so good that I want to get a copy of it and do it for a monologue. It's hilarious. So look that up. So anyway, what is, what is this guy supposed to do? I mean, I think he has to break it off with his sister in law and he has to tell his wife. What else are you going to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, because well, Polly... if, you, if you don't tell, yeah, there's nothing wrong with Paul yet, yeah, but you need to be like open and honest about it. And there's probably limits that you guys probably should have discussed in advance that are things like don't fuck my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Polyamory <laughs> is all like. It's it's about rules. It's about communication it's and, and rules and trust. And yeah. so if he's if he thinks that she's his wife is going to be pissed off about it, but not so pissed off about it, then I feel like he's okay to just tell her what went on and be straight with her, and also be straight with the sister. Like this yeah, is not going where you think it's going. We're friends. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's not just trust and communication and honesty with your main partner. With your wife, it's also trust and openness and communication with all of your other partners outside of your core relationship. So you need to be honest with everyone that you're sleeping with, like what your relationship is like and what you're expecting and what you're willing to do. And if if you and your wife have an agreement that there's not going to be any real feelings involved or like like it's not going to be a threat to your relationship, like, you need to end that if it gets to that point where you're starting to feel like, oh, I am feeling, like, really strongly about this person. Like, because I've read a lot of things about it where people are like, we can do this, but we can't do that. And, you know, and that's part of it. Like, you need to protect your core relationship first. Yeah. 
and and as far and everything I know about polyamory is it's about communication and trust. So being able to tell your wife what's going on and be able to tell your sister-in-law the criteria of the relationship is 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 where where it's at. I mean, if you're not able to do that, that means you're in you're cheating and not an actual yeah. polyamorous relationship. Yeah, you're like you're violating some your partner's trust and both yeah. both partners trust at this point in time. Yeah. And um and if you can't be open about that from the beginning, it's with somebody, it's probably not someone that you should pursue any sort of relationship with mm-hmm. even if they are hitting on you. Like I that happens in in non-polyamorous life as well, for single people, people hit on you and that you're not interested and you have to let them know. And if you're married, sometimes that happens too, where people will hit on you even if they know you're married and you just have to be like very clear, like, I'm not looking to step out of my partner. But in polyamory, it's a little bit more complicated because that is something that is open in your relationship, but you need to be honest about it and open about it from the beginning. You know, as drunk as you are, Kimberly, you're really talking fast. Oh, I talk very fast. You are so talking fast. I always talk fast. I think I talk faster the more I drink. I also tend to use very, like, I use longer words. I mm-hmm. Usually when I'm drunk, I like to tell people that I'm loquacious. And I use, like, really pretentious longer words the more I drink. I forget all the long words I know when I drink. <laughs> It's also um, a Midwest thing, so you should be talking faster, Jennifer. I should be talking faster. It is, yeah. Speed talking is is very Midwest. Um, so even though we're two people who don't really who aren't committed to a polyamory relationship, yes, I, I'm sorry. Like, like, yeah, let's clear that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. in a polyamorous relationship. Yeah, polyamory. I've never been in one. Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's not our thing, but we we accept the idea that other people have different ways of living their lives um and so if 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 we got something wrong about the polyamorous relationship uh feel free to let us know because yeah please let us know it's it's a different beast it's a different beast Uh, but as i understand it it's all about communication and trust and if you can't communicate with your partner about what's going on then the trust is broken and um yeah it's all fucked up screwed up yeah so if you if you're not looking for these strong feelings from your sister-in-law, honestly, I would say probably don't bang your sister-in-law, but that has already happened. It's a little bit too late. It seems like it's a little bit too like close and complicated. Um but like I said that that decision has already been made and you're past it, so I think it's just trying to control it now, it, which has being it which is talking to your wife talking to your sister-in-law you know what yeah i i mean i know you said you don't think your wife's gonna be that upset but it's also different because it's her sister so i i would uh, maybe i don't know i this is my second time like <laughs> recommending counseling but maybe find always, a couple's counselor that specializes in polyamory and that type of re- and like open relationships to help you navigate this and communicate this in between the two of you because i could even though you think it's going to be fine, I could see it becoming more complicated since it is her sister. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I never slept so, yeah. with any of my sister's um, boyfriends. So I just want to put that um, out there. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. My, my sister and I do not have the same type of men that we yeah. go for, so I think that's part of it too. I don't, I, I don't really find her boyfriends attractive, and I, I don't think she probably feels finds my boyfriends attractive, and that is okay. <laughs> About a year ago, I found a stray dog. I took her in and cl- contacted Animal Control. Animal Control couldn't find a microchip, so they said I could hold her for a week and that they would list her on their website and if nobody claimed her I could adopt her so that's exactly what happened my dog is super healthy she's polite she walks well on a leash she does a ton of tricks I have depression and anxiety and she is my support animal she honestly is the light of my life last month I joined an a Facebook group for the same purebred that my dog is. I posted a picture of her in the group. A woman was tagged. A few hours later, she DM'd me. She said my dog was her dog, and she was so thankful I found her, and she wanted to arrange to come get her. She offered to pay me for taking good care of her. My dog has very unique markings, so it was unmistakably the same dog as the one in the pictures. My dog was clearly well cared for, well trained, and well loved. She said her her house caught fire last year and she lost everything, including my dog, who ran away. She never stopped looking for my dog. I told the woman I appreciated the great job she did with my dog for the first few years of her life. She's five, and she competed in a lot of, like, purebred competitions. And I was sorry to hear about her circumstances, but I couldn't give up my beloved girl. She's my support animal, so I'm not even sure I could live without her. I offered to send her pictures regularly, but she turned really nasty. I got tons of hateful messages from people I don't even know. I had panic attacks whenever I got notifications. I ultimately blocked her because she wouldn't leave me alone. Since the dog was listed with the shelter for the the legal hold period and no microchip was found. I've adopted her, and she's legally mine. I am legally in the right, but am I morally wrong? I know she loves my dog and wants her back, but I cannot picture life without her. Signed, (laughs) Finders Keepers or Puppy Problems. (laughs) Sorry, you added the Finders Keepers, which is funny. Like, it's it's a hard one, I think. Like, I just, I feel like, um, I feel I like if I was in her place, the original owner, I would release the dog to the to the old owner. I think, but yeah, I like don't... this woman had like, like I, but I also don't understand, uh, per, from her point of view spe- specifically. Like I don't have these. Um, like she mentions having mental health issues, and this dog is a support yeah, animal, yeah, and I don't have hard, that. But it's hard when you find a connection. But Jesus, with a dog can you? Like that. Right, but can you imagine having your entire house like burned down and losing everything? Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And thinking you your dog died, like on top of everything else, like thinking you you lost your dog, and then the joy of finding your dog who was a trained purebred that had been competing, like like a recognizable dog, and like I I don't know, like this sounds like I don't know, I just feel like like people think of people with purebred dogs as not part of the family, like like kind people think list. that people yeah. that have purebred and like. Right, like they, but, but my dogs are one hundred percent part of my family, and if something happened and I thought I lost them, I would be one hundred percent devastated. And the idea of like discovering them a year later, like they're alive, I can't, I can't even imagine. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I, legally, I, the dogs are her, are hers, but morally, I just. I can't imagine holding on to somebody else's dogs. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't just imagine, like, like someone else that was having a rough time and they had this horrible thing happen to them and they lost yeah. their best friend because that's what dogs are. And thinking that they were gone forever and then having that moment of realizing that they were not yeah, lost I forever. I think that's part of it. That's, that's a very helpful part of me that says, um, however I can help this person ever. And if I felt like the dog would be in a better, would be not in a better place, but in a good place. And then I'd make this other person right, happy. Like, just... like, I'd be, I don't know, it's so hard. I couldn't, I couldn't not let go of this dog if they were attached to somebody else. But then again. For sure. Like, if I'm in a position where I don't find much attachment, like I don't attach to some, to so much, like it'd be so hard to let go of something. And like this person has owned this for a year, but the thing is, like, yes, this dog has helped you, and and you have some sort of mental illness. You didn't like, like differentiate what you had or document it, but this other person has had. I feel really like she's also found the key hard time to of her it. illness. Yeah, I like, like, yeah. if, if this get one dog. dog could do that's what your, it needed to do your... for you, then I'd get another dog. dog. Like, yeah, like. Yeah, no, like. Hello, Jennifer. Jennifer. Lost you. Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> I felt so invisible for like 10 minutes. You're not invisible. I see you. Just because technology made it so I couldn't hear you doesn't mean it's a real thing. I don't know. We are terrible at confining ourselves to time. Yeah, well, we tried to set a timer and we're bad about it, but I don't think that has anything to do with our technical difficulties except for technically, like, time is shitty. Anyway, did we answer the last question? I don't even... Are we done with the last one? No, I don't know. We've got so much time and I have to edit it. But did Uh, we answer the last question? What's the last one? I'm sorry. I've been... My ears... It was about dogs. It was about the dog and the girl that found him across... Just give him back to his original owner and find yourself a dog. dog. Right? Like, is that what we agree on? Like... Yeah, just get your own dog. Right? 
What? Yeah. What? I yeah? Think, I, yeah. I think you should just give the dog back. Yeah, get your own fucking yeah, dog. Yeah, don't be a shitty human being. <laughs> to buy or not to buy. That's a sign-off. Perfect. Oh, yeah. There's no right? sign. Are there any sign-offs? There's not yeah. sign-offs. Um, we, don't, we didn't put sign-offs on these. Yeah. It's your job. Your one job. I know. I, <laughs> my one job. My, my one of three. I have at least three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When my three kids turned 25, I bought each of them a house. I gave them a budget. They found the houses they liked. And then my realtor handled everything with them. The houses are in their names, not mine. And I expressed to them that they don't need to keep that house forever. Um, they can sell it and look at a more expensive home. And I'll front the bill if it costs more. As you can tell, money is no object to my family. Yeah. I caught that. Nice. Anyway, right? So, my daughter... Well, they live, is, like, in Lansing, where the houses are 100000 oh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe 100000 <laughs> Yeah. My daughter expressed interest in getting a bigger home in a more rural area. Okay, by the way, I don't think, I I think I cut this up. The daughter's 28, so he had already bought her a house when she turned 25. Now she's 28. She's looking at a bigger house in a more rural area. Um, She had been trying for a child and had a long-term boyfriend, so they wanted to have a place more fitting to raise children and a family. Um, And then she got pregnant five months ago. So we got to work with my realtor, and we were looking at homes, everything, getting everything was settled, and then she unfortunately had a miscarriage. Because of the miscarriage, her boyfriend left her. He blames her for some of her choices that she made while pregnant for having lost the baby. Uh, Because of all of this, I decided to not front the bill on a new home purchase. It's not about money, it's because she's single and a baby isn't in the pipeline anymore. She doesn't need pipeline. a bigger home. I know. I just caught that one. Her is a pipeline. <laughs> she doesn't need a bigger home. She still owns her other house, um, and she can sell it and move if she wants. I just won't help finance a bigger home because it's unnecessary. I've been called every name under the sun, and I want to know if I did the right thing. I'm curious as to why she opted to fund a new house in the first place. Was it just... Because she was going to have a family? Like, that just... That's, oh, that's just setting yourself up for... I mean, you set all of your children up with their own house. By the way, this was written by a man. I cut that. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if you were talking well, about doesn't... the daughter or if you were talking about the person that was buying. Okay. Uh, he wrote that he's like a 55-year-old... No, I think... He's a 55-year-old yeah. man and his wife uh, passed away... He didn't say when, but yeah, his I wife was not gen- I was trying not to gender. Okay, it, well, you were saying she, woman, and so I wasn't sure if you're talking yeah, about the daughter. I, I the, did. I guess I did. I did envision a mother for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, no. In the but, original uh, post, it I, said it, it said it was a man, which is funny that you originally thought it was a mom because I saw that he was like my wife died, and I was like, this wouldn't be a thing if his wife was still alive. Like, like she would have yeah. been like, no, we're not doing this. Like. Yeah. I like what prompted him her? I cuz it could really be any gender. Yeah. Apparently I can envision it. Um is what prompted him her to to put put up the money for a new house. He already bought a house for his kid. Right. Like this it's insane to me 
that you're like, I'm gonna, I bought you one house and now I'm gonna buy you another. I'm like, you sell your old house and then you get a bigger one and you pay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, ah, this, I have opinions. Is that where you come down on this? Like that, like that is your like that is the thing that you're focusing, like you focus on here. No, 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 okay. no. That's just one thing. That's okay. just one thing. Like there, there's something heartless. Yeah. About that's how I deny. Yes. About throwing another wrench into this woman's That's life. That's what I said. His daughter's life. Chase and I discussed this. There's something heartless. And he, like, saw it from the logical point. Like, she doesn't need that big of a house with no children mm-hmm. and no family. And that's what he's saying. Like, it's just too big for one person. And that's and I was like, I understand that logic. But I'm like, this poor woman has had so much loss. And you're just throwing another loss on that pile. Like. Yeah, maybe there's something. that She doesn't need a big. Like, the pragmatic person in me says. She doesn't need a bigger house. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have offered it in the first place. But okay, sorry. She doesn't need a bigger house. Like it's only gonna remind her of what she doesn't have anymore. I feel like that would have been her choice, though. And and maybe there's more. Like obviously, we're just getting this one perspective. Like, but I feel like that's her choice to make to not buy a bigger house now. Like she lost the baby. But she still, it doesn't say she's not planning on having children anymore because she had this miscarriage. It doesn't say that she's not planning on continuing this journey and trying to have children. So I feel like it should have been, like, if she had decided, oh, I, I, you know what, I I had this miscarriage and my boyfriend left me. I don't need this house. Um, So I'm not going to move forward with this. That's her choice. This is her dad making that decision, being like, she doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, it's... It's so... Except it's his money. But... Uh, but then again, if money is no object, then why why argue over There's it? a line here just... that I didn't even notice the first time I read this and started talking about it with Chase, which is, I have expressed to them that they don't need to keep the house I bought them forever. They can sell and look at more expense at a more expensive home, and I'll front the bill if it costs more. So he really oh yeah, I, did, I missed that entirely. and I didn't read the, see that the first time and then once I saw it when I was like putting this together for the podcast, I was like that that right there puts okay. me into the, like you fucked up because you've already told your children that you will help them buy a more expensive house later on you would no, there were okay. no strings you didn't have any questions maybe you did but here it doesn't sound like you told them that they could do this and you would help them and now because something happened to your daughter you're deciding never mind it doesn't apply to you anymore like what if she here's what i envisioned when i first okay. read this and now that what you said completely changed that but i envisioned uh, a parent giving their children a starter mm-hmm. home and then the children can decide what they want to do in the future to sell the starter home and get a bigger one if they want. But that's a foundation right. for them. But that line says, "I'm going to buy you whatever freaking house you want to, yeah. you want to get." Yeah. So why is he backing out now? I mean, exactly. she wants a house that has a family in it that and, that can hold a family. I mean, just... why why have this argument with her, especially if money's no object? No object. And yeah, just give her the give her the house if she thinks that's gonna. Don't pile on, right? Help her feel better. Yeah. I feel like it's piling on. This poor woman, this poor girl's already had so much loss. I know. And And men controlling her life, by the way. Yeah. Men controlling her life. Her her boyfriend saying she's a terrible mother because she she lost the baby because something she did, apparently. 
So that makes me feel like he was, like, looking for a reason to leave, and then this, like, awful thing happened, and it was, like, a good out. Or maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but maybe, like, this happened, and he made, and maybe some of the reactions and, and what they were going through made him realize it wasn't the right fit. No, I think everyone's piling on her, and it's not fair to her, and she should, she's trying to get some control of her life. Right. poor thing. I just and, feel so, I feel for her. Like, and he's like, no, you're not going to get this piece of control, and her husband's, and her boyfriend's like, no, you're a terrible person, and, and I'm going to leave, so this, this control is lost. And so she's just, like, reaching for something to control right. out of all the loss she's had. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of not. I'm She's an adult. Nervous. There's a lot of men making decisions for her, and I'd be pissed off. I'm mad about it. It made me mad. Yeah, no, I'm falling. I, I'm I'm changing my mind since when since we started talking about this. So you were more like I get it. Like she doesn't need that big of a house, which is how Chase. Like that's what yeah, my husband thought kinda... too. Like the logical perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it seems so cruel. Like like that's where I felt like, like if this like, is something additional that he was yeah. going to give his. That, that he wasn't going to give his other children, then I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you have to take into consideration this is another cost. Uh, this is something he's not giving his other children. But he's, he gives it to his other children, too. So what what does and it matter? Money is of no object. So right. what does it matter? Let her have the house and then make and a decision later. I don't want to discount the things yeah. he has done already. Like, obviously, he bought her a house. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, well, apparently it has some their family, it's not a big deal. So, right, it's no object. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he already bought her a house, and he doesn't owe her a house, but he had already told his kids that if they wanted to upgrade and get a more extensive house, he would pay for it. He would, he's front the yeah. bill. So what to me that means is, like, if you pay, if you bought this, your first house for $50,000, and then you sold it for $75,000, and you made it that profit... You made all of I that feel profit, like he's frankly. Bragging to the internet too. Yeah, yeah, it does. He's humble bragging. Like, uh, it's not even humble. I, I can afford all these houses. It's not even a humble brag. It's a straight up brag. Uh, it's a brag. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, I'm now very annoyed with him. Thank you so much for listening to Inebriated Input. I'm Kim. And I'm Jennifer. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us so other people can find us. If you didn't, then bugger off. JK, we like constructive feedback. Feel free to tell us. (laughs) And please, 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 please send us your questions at inebriated.input at gmail.com. We can't make the podcast without your questions, and we promise that we will keep your name out of it. (laughs) Okay. You can also submit questions and learn more at inebriatedinput.com. If you want, you can also sponsor us on Patreon where we have cool swag as thank yous. Okay, Okay, thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.